long ago, I can't remember when. That's when I bombed Siri again. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, Joe Biden. Guys, help me out. Pick up the words now. <laughs> Is this a Tom Waits cover? No. It's a Wallflowers. Wallflowers. It's a one headlight. I Bob Dylan's boy. I now hear it. Yeah. So long well, ago. Well, can I hear your hey, rendition of this song? <laughs> That's when she <laughs> said, lost my only friend. Nothing is forever. <laughs> We've got to bomb Syria again forever. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. We are just, uh, I guess, making light of the deaths of people in Syria. Oh, yeah. Well, f- oh, faux geez. pas on our part. Oh, geez. Faux pas. We always All rip right, the so shot before we start recording. So, uh, oh, cheers, guys. Cheers, boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Intro uh, pros. Uh, cranberry mezcal here. Mm. Flanagan's. I'm still in the Buffalo. It's so good. <laughs> Can you trace your origin somewhere? Ooh. Trace. I'm going to trace these nuts across your face. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, what have you been up to this week? Let's hear from you. Oh, man. Uh, Cody, go first. You're you're like two months out, three months out. The most interesting, kids. maybe? Oh, man, it's just been a been worked my dick off at work. You know, quotes, worked hard. Uh I've cooked a, my worst brisket ever yesterday, so I'm still kind of licking my wounds there. Oh, brutal. What yeah, happened? Did you get too hot? started it Friday night, and then I let it, so I threw on some extra logs, but I don't have my, my airflow quite worked out back there. So I think it burnt really hot and then died, and so it just fucking dried out super tough. Oh, brutal. Yeah. The fat, like, that's the why fattier I don't do the end thing. was better, so I had some okay, I had some pieces that were good enough for consumption. Yeah, that's why I don't do the overnight thing anymore. I would rather just wake up at 3 in the morning, get the fire going, and have everything going by 4 or 5. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> the problem I'm having lately is that, like, beef, I have decided is no longer the thing that I'm gonna go out of my way to get it's like you know what at the end of the day i think i'm a pork guy like a pork belly burdens a shoulder um a pork chop um you know i don't fuck with pork chops enough i might need to do, do some of those this week i did some yeah, good they're, pans. They're i do some good pan seared pork chops uh, my dad did really good um fried pork chops uh where he'd actually put like a um he put like a breadcrumb on it um, oh. And do it with um, in the breadcrumbs. He would do uh, really finely chopped jalapenos, um, and he doesn't like ketchup. So you know, a lot of people put like ketchup across the top of a baked pork chop, or like mm-hmm. bake it with ketchup on top. And so he ended up doing, he ended up doing like a almost like a spicy, like a spicy cream sauce, real light spicy cream sauce on top. But th- these things were great, and it always had to be served with, like, a jalapeno slice right on top. Uh, they were great. But as far as beef goes, though, my challenge is always to um, have me change my mind. And I've, I've had it really well where it's fantastic, and I'm not disappointed with either the brisket or, um, like, a ribeye or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. like, a, you know. Well, steaks are a different it, It's just, like, it's just hard. Barbecue can, it's the most simple thing, but it's not that easy. Yeah. So yeah. I, I commend you on, on working on that brisket. Chicken, you can't eat, like, it's, I don't even, I try to not even screw with chickens. I've never gotten a chicken right. 
Chickens I, are easy. So I, smoking I, chickens are easy. I cook now, chicken grilling, really well. Good. Yeah, I cook chill- a chicken really well. I just fucking hate chicken, so I don't ever eat it. Like I just made two chicken, uh, two chicken thighs, so I can chop them up and put them on a Caesar salad because the, that's about the only way I'm going to eat it is if I cover it in something. Poultry needs to be smoked, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I can't do right. that. And on outside a gas of range. like poultry, or outside of smoking, I can do without it. Oven baked chicken, if you get it right. Ooh, so you know, the, yeah, like what? What are you looking for? 160, 165 degrees I internal temp. I do one eighty five. I do one eighty just to be safe. Um, hey, maybe you hit one seventy five or like one seventy two. Yeah, for your final temp, like pull it out at one seventy. Yeah, and maybe it comes just out a little it, bit better. Yeah, let it go. So I mean, I I actually did a really good um, like a tinfoil boat chicken with um, with petite red potatoes. Well, you talked about that. Yeah, with the petite reds, the carrots, and mushrooms in it, and I used that red wine vinaigrette, and that came out really good. Like, that was bearable yeah. because I had everything else. And then you can always cheat and, like, throw some Parmesan on your veggies, like some fresh-grated Parmesan to kind of just give it that salt to make up for the... But the beef, are you talking, like, you don't like to cook beef, or you don't, like, when you go out, you don't like to eat it? Both. See, I think you should do, I, I think you should do like, a red wine braise uh, short ribs. Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, short rib would be. Yeah, nice. so you use you use like a beef stock. Um, you use like a couple cups of beef stock with a couple short ribs, and then add um, like a cup of a really. So the the thing that I've learned basically is if I'm not going to drink the wine, I won't cook with the wine. I'm not buying cheap wine to cook with. So like whatever wine I would be drinking, so like a good cab or a good merlot, um, if I'm making beef. And then I'm adding like a cup or two cups of that to the beef stock also. Um, and oh, then yeah. just doing and like then a maybe um, some soy sauce for that umami. Well, right? so I, I do a 24 hour salt on whatever beef product I'm cooking anyways. And I don't add any salt to my broth. So I let the salt flavor. Okay. I let the salt flavor seep out in that to the juices. Um, but yeah, it's and then plus then with that braise, you can add you can add like some golden potatoes. You can add um, some big like big carrot rounds, um, and just do like a really nice braise out of all of it. And then it just falls. It's dying right off the for bone. like a focaccia to just dip it in that. Uh, you could do yeah. You could do like a really good juice. like an art um, an artisan bread. Um, like something really crunchy on the outside that you want to get in there with the au jus to soap up or sop yep. up. Yeah, so I guess that's our program. <laughs> <laughs> and that's this week's episode. But this is, well, I think we talked about that's going to be the new, uh, that's going to be like podcast number 23 is Drunk Week in Review Cooks. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. we'll have to go in circles though, and it'll have to be like, like recorded on a Friday night so that like in each week it's like somebody's getting fucked up in the kitchen and we're just like you know well that's when we go uh, to backseat driving go to as we get hammered yeah that's when we go to Twitch then like people like watch JM, us what try the to, hell like, are cook. you doing yeah we oh, set up webcams God, in our kitchen and then live stream us cooking I could do that <laughs> just like or all three of us trying to cook the same thing <laughs> I've always and wanted no, to do like so something like, no, you like, just like, like a YouTube video series after, of like no, you, know, you have like one coming home from the bar yeah you have one person like, yeah that's the way to do it you have one person coming home at 3 a.m. trying to make like the best grilled cheese ever <laughs> and just live streaming it. out of whatever right, my fridge. roommate genuinely like every time he like oh I know I remember we had the grilled cheese after yeah. Edison or oh, Edison did, or or oh, he made did he make grilled cheeses? I must have blacked he made out. Gr- oh no! It was it was the night before I left. After we'd been at the the mule all night, and then we bounced over to that goth house. Right, uh, church cantina to rip shots, and the last thing I remember was ripping shots. And then I guess we were in an Escalade, 
the <laughs> 0.75 miles it takes us to get back to the house yeah. instead of walking our drunk asses because I was so yeah. shit faced. We all were. God, that flight back was terrible. Uh, Ooh, Jesus, uh, Aaron, you just got back from Arizona this Tucson, Tuscan man. Um, and you had Waterburger. Tucson. Oh, I had Waterburger. Um, I got to hang out with my best friend. I got to hang out with a. <laughs> this is this is funny. The guy that I went cycling with. I didn't figure out we were friends until probably about summer last year, but I've known him for some three odd years. Uh, he's the guy who got me into cycling. Well, he he and I met up back in January. We discussed, um, like, hey man, I've got nothing going on at the end of February. I'd like to take some PTO. December was a bust, not that much fun. I want to do a cycling trip. So we, you know, he said, hey, let's go to Tucson. We flew down. Um, I cycled short of 200 miles inside of five days. I was really out of shape when I went, and I I could have probably gotten more, but um, because I was out of shape, the bike was ruining me. It was just tank puncher. My knees are hurting. Um, you know, my fitness is not what I want it to be because I've been drinking really heavily for the last six weeks. Uh, Regardless, it was a fantastic trip. I uh, got to eat some really fantastic food. Um, Should have gone there during the hatch season. Fine. But uh, the real gem was that uh, everywhere we went for food and drink, um, we had an insider's guide because we made friends with the bartender over at Hermanos. And uh, she's really connected to the Northwest. So, you know, the three of us... You know, we're just spitting ideas back and forth, and she basically gave us the whole walkthrough on the on the Tucson guide. Um, her and her boyfriend are going to come up in April, I guess. Cool. And, you guys and did not go inside. to the Biodome. Y- yeah, I've only seen Biodome once, and that was ten years ago. <laughs> you're you're the only one that was getting that reference, I think. Or no, I mean, at I least you and JM. I got it. I mean, I love me a good Polly Shore movie. Hey, well, yeah. Polly Shore is fantastic. I don't know yeah, if he's in, in Germany, David Spade, though. Like, only having, like, whatever my grandparents would send us on, like, eight-hour videotapes, I watched Son-in-Law, like, 29,000 times. In the Army one. now, maybe? Oh, yeah, where he puts the rocket or he puts the rocket launcher uh, backwards and shoots it behind him and then turns it around <laughs> and blows up the, uh, the what, ammo depot or something like that. That's exactly what they expect ha- would happen in basic training. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, why, that's why they just give you a tracer round. That's why they give. Well, we whoever shot the best actually got to fire a real round out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone else got like a little tink. Shoot yeah. the old tank. The nine millimeter tracers. Yeah, yeah. Tink. Fun. What'd you do? Uh, it was pretty actually light week. Uh, I really didn't do anything. I had to get my apartment all nice and clean um it stays nice and clean but i had to do a little more organizing because uh i think i've mentioned it that we're in a like a historic like an american historic american hotel um and so they came through and shot pictures of select rooms um for the historic society and they chose mine um so, oh, they chose your room. Yeah, I guess. Do they, uh, your house. They already know that you're your, like your squared home. away in there, or was like a gamble on their part? No, I, like I had the maintenance guy in here a couple times because my brand new dishwasher wasn't working. Um, I was All just right, trying. So. I was just trying to run it. So like the brand new dishwasher wasn't working, and uh, one of the hinges on these hundred and ten 
year old windows had broken off and I was like, Hey, I just need a new hinge or like, I need the permission to yeah, that's ab- like, <laughs> I need call. the permission to fix this myself before I do anything. So they came in and looked at it and I guess he liked the way the house looked. So yeah, he, he had the inside scoops. Like, like, Hey man, I like, hope you get a print hey, of whatever Jeff, they do. Whose room should we feature? He's like, Oh, Jones third floor. That's the one. Yeah. Um, third floor you're on fourth. Yeah. But you were actually close. That was close. Uh, other than that, I got an email saying that uh, I'm pretty excited. The minor league baseball team that I live. I was just about to ask you, like, when that starts up. Uh, so they start April 1st. Yeah. Coming up. So Coming up. It was pretty cool because, like, they're still under COVID restrictions, and I already, I already bought season tickets. So I bought a season ticket uh, right where I wanted to be on first base. Like, I am sitting, like, a row up and two seats over from the home dugout. Um, I'm super excited about my seat, but it was really cool because they said, hey, let us know in advance what games you can't attend and we'll credit you back. Oh, wow. So this isn't one of those like, hey, you paid for I'm sorry you didn't show up. Like, eat it. Uh, they said they would credit me back. And I'm sure it's just going to be a percentage of it, but even if I get, like, I plan on coming back to Texas for about 26 days. No, you just apply days. it to dinner. Yeah. Or yeah, the uh, hot get, dog and can, beer. Can I get beer coupons? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I was pretty excited about that. And then uh, Independence Day, Tuesday, uh, the coffee shop on the first floor is opening up. All right. I don't drink there coffee, but I think it'd be cool every now and then to run down and get uh, – I, I learned to drink. Well, they're definitely going to have, like, some, some like, breakfast foods that will be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there's, there's two other coffee shops. Now, this one's, like, a Fayetteville chain called the Coffee Scene. Um. Uh, yes, the coffee scene used to be one. So it's I still there on open mic there. It's still there on oh. Morganton, that one over by Carabas. Morganton and yes. like All American. Wow. Uh, God, bringing me back. Yeah. So they're opening a second one here at the bottom of the hotel, um, which is cool because now I don't have to walk a block to the other coffee shop to get an americano every now and then. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, so, okay. Does your apartment complex have, like, an accessible roof, and can we get some bleachers up there, and we have our own, like, Wrigleyville up top? Uh, so it does. I don't know if it's accessible. We could get to it. Uh, it so I need, I want to buy a fire escape ladder. Uh, I'm only two. <laughs> yes. I'm only two. Okay. I'm only like two stories. I like this already. I'm already, I'm only two stories above uh, the, there's, like, a, there's a little party area that they're renovating uh, underneath my, underneath my window. Um, and it's like two stories tall, so I wouldn't mind getting like a little fire escape ladder and just dropping, you know, one of those little rope ladders and dropping out of oh, my yeah. window, and then I could get to the roof, which is only two stories down. Uh, yeah, all right. So that's what we'll do in, in two weeks. We'll, <laughs> we'll get you a ladder and install it. Nice. <laughs> uh, let's do legal before we get into actually talking about stuff. So, yeah, cover our butts. We've already talked about a lot. So can you preemptively cover what we said earlier? No, because we didn't like, say anything bad. Like about dragging my nuts across Aaron's forehead, things like that. It's perfect. Covered? It's perfect. I'm not that, pressing like, charges. Well, no, that's or baby. It, I'm li- am I liable for that? No, 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 because the Equality, oh. the equality Act is in the house, and uh, we're good. That all should be covered soon legally. Oh, Aaron, when I had said that, I meant respectfully dragging <laughs> across your face. With consent. With consent. I'm going to say yes every time. Consensually. All right. So here we go. The views and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or position of the host employers. Any content provided by our host is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone or anything. 
You did it. You did. You said religion, buddy. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> you, you said the you said the full word and ethnic. Okay, so is this the part where we get to Cody being anti-Semitic or? <laughs> well, now we can say that, but still not true. Yeah, no, it's not true. Uh, book club. Yeah. Oh, book yeah. Club. That's a good place to start. I finished the book an hour ago. <laughs> well, two thirds of us have finished the book. Aaron, you had all that time in Tucson, but you spent it drinking like like you're some goddamn Hemingway. <laughs> you know, you know, it was really hard. The about old the book. Jack Kerouac. Just I'm just traveling the country, getting boozed up. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish the book, but I what I would say about the book is, for as great as the narrative is, the legalese. And the amount of characters that are written in the book was really hard for me to wrap around. I do agree. And they, they do kind of a bad job about referencing like first names and last names. Like, no, no, I need to stick with both and a descriptor each time because I'm going to forget who so-and-so is. Like, there's a few characters like really stuck out. Like Bill White, like that guy seems like he was unstoppable force of nature. He stuck with you. Yeah. I, well, you know what it could have been? It could have been like a... Like one of those long format journal journalist pieces that you get in either the Times or maybe like uh, Vanity Fair, where you're stuck reading it for somewhere between twenty five and thirty minutes, um, it, and, and it includes all the backstory, and then yeah. it includes all of the violence that the soldiers went through or whatever, and then it includes all the key players that were owning Athens, Tennessee, and then somewhere in there. There's the insurrection, and that's basically where I'm at. The insur- and the insurrection is getting ready. To oh kick yeah, off. then it's you guys can okay, plot spoilers. Uh, go so ahead. Then it's the a good quick news read is from there. you're not far because at the about like sixty pages at the end of the book are just like uh, notes and shit. So you're actually almost done. Like you're probably seventy five, eighty percent of the way. So I the I, the issue I had with it. Um, goes back to what Aaron was kind of talking about with so it's not really character development right because it's a it's a nonfiction novel um, <laughs> yeah. but I mean like there is some sense of character development the things I didn't like was he would go into like hey this is you know this is Bob Freeman and they would go into a three sentence descriptor about who Bob Freeman was go into like two paragraphs about what he did and then never mention him again yeah I'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is like I understand well, they, they I, would bre- they, there was like there I just there's one they read is like oh like Jeff Parker you know fought the Nazis in the Battle of the Bulge like and then he shot in the head I'm like so why even bring him up yeah there was a lot of little <laughs> stuff so I don't know if the author does does any fiction work um, I would be hesitant to read any of his fiction work that was over about 200 pages because I think that character development would sorely sorely lack um, yeah and it kind of reminded me the. It it was very uh, Gone Girl esque in my mind, like the way it was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I, I feel like they could have, you could they could have done a a whole chapter on what was happening over here, and given just a background. This is what and every character. Sort of so he tried to do it. He wanted to do it chronologically, but when you and it is chronological, but. When you read it, it seems like it's a lot of it's a lot of back and forth to try to give you like that juxtaposition of what war was like in 
uh, in Japan with Bill White and what war was like in uh, Athens, Tennessee at the time. And you're going this, like, I don't need, I don't need all that. I, I can understand what he's doing, trying to like build some kind of compassion for these veterans and what they went through and what they came back to. And why would they, yeah, exactly. Why they'd be so angry at the conditions in the ground. They came back that he really hammers home, like their thoughts of like, so they all had to go through all those John Ford movies and all that during like basic training and stuff like that. Like you're fighting for the American way. It's, you know, the right to vote and your voice, your voice to be counted. And then you come back and, you know, they've all gone through unspeakable horrors in the name and defense of those ideals. And their little section of Tennessee is like its own little fucking miniature Reich. No, I think you bring up a great point there, too, because there was um, a scene from the book where one character or another, and it's one of the vets, comes back. And it, it could have been guy came back from the war. He was a POW. As a reaction, he grabs the cockroach that scurries yeah. across the plate, and he eats it out of out of like fear. Like, yep. you, like you don't waste quick. an opportunity like, for food. Jeez, what happened to this guy? You know, oh, actually, that's enough because this is what he came home to: gangsters running town. Yeah, like there, you do need some of that. I'm not, I'm not saying that we didn't need the whole war background, but the like Bill White's yeah. story. Um, it was enough to say if you had mentioned the battles that Bill White went through and gave brief, because the book isn't about World War II. The book is about the Battle of Athens um, and yeah. how the veterans took back control from the Democratic machine over there. Uh, so I think that he could have done a lot more expounding upon Athens and a lot of the stuff around it if you just go, okay, this is where Bill, Bill White enlisted in the Marine Corps in 1942 he he was in this battle in which he saw this 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 he was in this battle he saw this 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 he was aboard this ship he was you know and you can you can turn it into like a short chapter about it but i don't need to go from athens and back overseas to bill white again i don't need to go and then back and then to there's athens. north africa and then there's yeah. germany and then like there's Duggins whatever happened in england yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, there's a lot of that that I could have done. So without. this is a this is a law professor that wrote this book, and I I think that um, you brought up a you brought this up weeks ago, and you said, man, I I just really like this book, and I I want to know more about um, election law legislation. Was that one yeah. one of our group texts? I think so. so. This yeah. book is really kind of emblematic of of that, I suppose. So I'd be very curious to find out, like, how, so. You, you guys recall like the Ripper bills they're doing, yep. which I'm gonna like. I started reading this in January. It's more fuzzy on what exactly that meant, but essentially, well, the, it, it was called like the Ripper bill because they're like ripping out, they're ripping out districts and they're consolidating, yes. they're, okay. they're yeah. destroying districts and consolidating districts. So if we're talking about the Democratic consolidating one party rule, essentially, right? Yeah, we're talking about a Democratic machine. So if we're in, you know, if um, shit, if, if Tennessee is broken up into twenty districts. And 10 of those vote Republican and 10 of those vote Democrat. And like five of those Republican ones barely vote Republican. Um, then they would rip those districts and consolidate them into Democratic districts so that the Democrat votes would overtake the Republican vote. Gerrymandering. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah that that's what idea. it is. It's, it's redrawing district lines. Yeah. I mean, all of it's crazy. I mean, so 
really it's that is you know it's kind of fitting that we picked that book i mean i don't think i really meant it to be fitting at the time but once you actually get through it you're like holy shit like this is all the shit that you know all those batshit crazy affidavits that the trump administration pulled out of nowhere for like georgia and pennsylvania and michigan all those like batshit accusations actually happened in this county well and it lends it actually lends credit to the january 6th riots or the protest or the insurrection like as you read uh, yeah, as you read thoughts. this you start to kind of you start to kind of gain some sort of sympathy some sort of empathy some kind of like cognizant awareness of where these people are coming from and go you know what like what they did on the 6th is really not too far off from Athens now the difference in Athens is there's there is tan- or in Tennessee at this time in McMillan County is there's tangible evidence there is I mean truly people are being shot people are being thrown in jail people are being actively no, murdered too murdered yeah. how wild was that guys yeah <laughs> Just like, like oh this guy's pumped full of buckshot because he tried to question the count yeah so I mean you kind of start to see like in, in my whole the whole time I'm reading this, the question in my mind is when is it okay to take an armed an armed revolt against the government? Um, and so I start to kind of look as again as I'm reading this, I'm going through January sixth, and that's what I'm looking at and going, okay, what are the differences? What like where is it founded? Where is it unfounded? And I think for me, like the the founded and unfounded is the the hard proof of voter suppression. Uh, the the people that have been murdered, the people that are unconstitutionally jailed versus, you know, beliefs that these things are happening without any proof, without any hard proof um, that these things are happening for me is the difference between um, the book. And uh, we, we haven't even mentioned the book. The book is um, the fighting, the bunch. fighting bunch. Right. So the difference is between the fighting bunch and the the uh, cultist. um in January 6th is really just like it's an evidentiary thing. It's how much evidence, how much proof is there. But there's a lot of ties. Actual people who've had their backs against wall can actually say they're fed up versus people who just in their minds felt that way. But I mean, it, it raised for me, it raised a lot of questions of like, when is this okay? Or, you know, could I stand behind this if this happened and somebody said, here is all the proof. Hey Cody, can you say what you just said one more time? Uh, what you saw and what you felt. Could you could you say that one more time? Because there's a I I sympathize with what happened in Athens because it's terrible and there's a lot of physical evidence and I sympathize with people that don't know how to do their own research. So what Cody or me? And Cody. What did, what did Co- Cody <clears throat> was just kind of like drawing a line or distinction between what happened on January 6th because that's what people felt yeah. was wrong versus rather than it's what gotcha. people Emotion versus evidence. saw. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, just that whole like emotional reaction versus like actual lived experience. Like, no, for 10 years we've gotten our, our dick shoved in the dirt. My dad gets beat up when he tries to vote, you know, shit like that. Well, and it goes into the, like, at the time, you still have the poll tax, which is another wonderful form of voter And when they talk about the history of voting machines, like, actually using machines to vote in the 30s and 40s, I'm like, holy fuck, I had no idea they were actually using actual voting machines then. That's wild. Yep. Um, I think it's, I mean, I I really liked it. Aaron, 
the the book will be a quick read if you spend if you're just about to get to the point where the battle starts. Um, yeah, the book will be a quick read. You'll probably finish it in like two to three hours. Because it, it just moves and moves and moves and moves. Um, it's really good. Yeah, and it sort of ends like it would never happen that w- this way today just because of the saturation of like media and social media and how just information just gets out. But the county was able to circle the wagons and no one ever was persecuted for this other than... Uh, there was one part, the, uh, the uh, sheriff. The deputy, why, I think Wise. Yeah, the sheriff was jailed for it. Or a deputy sheriff was jailed for it. He was the deputy th- sheriff. I think he was the yeah, only they, one who actually served prison time for Yeah, this. like these guys like showed up to the National Guard Armory, pulled what like pulled weapons and they just cover for him at the armory. He was like, Yeah, some fellas were real upset and showed up, but don't really recall. Yeah, and they just took guns and, and ammo from And the everyone armory. just went with it, Aaron. They're like, Okay, well, that's the story. And they th- I mean, you know, they're they're throwing <laughs> sticks of dynamite at the jail and nobody I don't think anybody died. Nobody dies. Like even, um, well, no, no, there was a death. So no, not if once recall, the fighting happens. Oh yeah, yeah. Once the fighting happens, nobody dies. I, there was a death prior to the fighting on election day. Yeah, like they called the feller an inward, said he couldn't vote, and then shot him. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's intense. Yeah, it's going to be a really um, quick read. Finish it. It's gr- you'll love it. Sweet. Uh, so starting tomorrow, or as what? our folks are listening to this, uh, March first. Uh, now the novel doesn't come out until Tuesday, Texas Independence Day, eighteen thirty-six oh, to eighteen forty-five. Did, did I even order that book? Stephen Pressfield's *A Man at Arms*. This is Aaron's pick, and we will be reading about a. Is this a Roman legionnaire? Is that who this is? I I think so. Yeah, he's a he's assigned to the Jerusalem post. Okay, and this is okay. going to be during the now. time of Christ. Just after. Just after time I of Christ. I think I I if I remember right. He is tasked with moving some documents from Jerusalem to Corinth. Oh, yeah, Probably and, I've, be and like, I've been to Corinth. And there is some, Super secret. Uh, presumably some sort of inciting incident, but we don't know what it is. Yep. So, so it's, he's going to have a, like a on-the-road-to-Damascus moment. So here's so Jerus- Jerusalem and the Sinai Desert, 1st century A.D. In the turbulent aftermath of the crucifixion of Jesus, officers of the Roman Empire acquire intelligence of a pilgrim bearing an incendiary letter from a religious fanatic to insurrectionist in Corinth. The content of this letter could bring down the Roman Empire. The Romans hire a foreman legionary, or a former legionary, the, sol- uh, the solitary man-at-arms, Telamon of Arcadia, to intercept the letter and capture its courier. Telamon operates by a dark code all his own with no room for noble causes or lofty beliefs. He's a sellsword. Uh, but once he overtakes the courier, something happens that, can ne- that neither he nor the Empire could have predicted. In his first novel of the ancient world in 13 years, the best-selling author of Gates of Fire and Tides of War returns with a gripping saga of conquest and rebellion, bloodshed, and faith. Oh, Mattis says it's good. Oh, cool. Petraeus says it's good. Wow. (laughs) He got it to all those guys. I like it. Uh, Yeah, so Gates of Fire, is that a battle of Thermopylae? That's where, like, Frank Miller gets the inspiration to do 300, or, right? Yeah, that that was a great book. Um, okay. I for a long time I used to read it once a year. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, like that was that was very like a very pivotal book for like me like kind of viewing military service where it's like actual service and then taking leadership very seriously. Um, 
but uh, not everybody thinks like that. But, you know, it's a good book. All right, well, I've got it officially ordered. It's pre-ordered, so it's going to ship to me on Tuesday. Yep. And Mine shipped today. It'll be here Tuesday, Independence Day. I'm going to keep bringing that up. Congratulations, guys. Yeah. We did it. Nine years. Uh, <laughs> book club is... Book club's done. Um, again, really enjoyed the book. Thought it was wonderful. It reminded me of uh, Once an Eagle, who I thought about making that our April read, but I don't think y'all want to read an 800-page book. Uh, what the fuck is Once an Eagle? We'll talk about it later, but it's a great book. Um, so, Anton this Meyer. week, this week we're going to be talking about the, <laughs> the Syrian airstrikes. Um, seems to be every president... Just kind of goes over there and is like, well, I got to bomb Syria at least once. And we bombed Syria this week. Tactical airstrikes, if, uh, according to CNN, he approached, different than Trump, he approached it with, uh, President Biden approached Syrian airstrikes with a scalpel instead of a hammer. Um, and so we're going to kind of discuss this. Uh, it's going to be Aaron's welcome back topic. And Aaron's going to be our moderator for this one. So I'm really excited. Our Middle East slash West Coast correspondent <laughs> is going to take. So I don't. I don't see anything. Is does anyone die in this airstrike, or is this sort of? I think they're still talking. Just for shock and awe. I think it's tactical airstrikes. I don't know that anybody actually died. Uh, it was described as tactical airstrikes. If anybody was killed, I know that the the media would have picked up on it and then had those numbers for you. Yeah. Um, it would have been you know Reuters re- reports you know X amount. Um, local officials what is, report this amount. Why does every why why is it a big deal that every president seems to bomb Syria at least once, or why somewhere come? near Syria at least once? A country that we we aren't even allowed to go in with ground forces and and act in a proper war oh, with, but we can bomb the shit out of them, or we can do tactical strikes from the Mediterranean. And is okay. there a list of countries that are acceptable to bomb, like <laughs> Oklahoma? <laughs> or, Oh God! There's like yeah. Well, that kind of goes goes to the, well, okay, uh, the so global that... south thing that we chatted about so long ago, which is you know everything other than you know um, some form of Euro English colonialized English speaking whatever country. If they're uh, br- if they're brown and we can draw some kind of like uh, ten connections shitty, to nine yeah. eleven kind of thing. Well, it's like the yeah. scene in The Departed where like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio gets in that bar fight. And uh, Ray Winstone's character goes out to him. He's like, did you hit that guy? He's like, yeah, I fucking hit that guy. He's like, what of it? He's like, see that guy? Yeah, it's some, it, I'm paraphrasing. He's not a guy you can hit, but he's, he's almost a guy, a guy you, can you can't hit. hit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, he's almost a guy you can't hit. So I want to make a judgment call. Don't or, fucking yeah. or hit him. Or it's when Joe, Pesci, when, when Joe Pesci kills the dude in Goodfellas and he's a made man, so they have to go bar- cut him up and bury him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so essentially, like, there's like, okay, he's only like, Syria is clearly someone that you can hit, and no one's mad at you. Like, the Russians aren't gonna go prime the fuels on the missiles, none of that shit. They're like, eh, all right. There's a couple things that we need to go ahead and think about here. Um, one, we have a power vacuum that's created following Sodom's um, departure from Iraq in 04, which basically means that there are 
uh, thousands of trained military members that don't have a job. Um, there's some sort of national government that's set up, but basically they don't want to rehire any of the guys that work used to work for Saddam. They got no jobs, and then there is within this time frame a mass movement called um, the Arab Spring, which starts along the Mediterranean coast, but basically impacts all of the Islamic world where yeah, there's think, mass protests. Um, I, I think everybody is crying for democracy. And at the same time, um, there are splinter groups from Al Qaeda that start forming like AQI in Baghdad. ISIS is and one that of the turns into groups, ISIS. Right? Yes. Correct. Or so ISIL, you were just looking at um, another iteration of some U.S. president that has a lot of military power um, conducting targeted strikes and targeted killings in a country that we are not even declared war against. Um, I haven't even gotten to the part where we've talked about how there's like the legal war on terror, which is a declared war that's never come to an end, and this has been going on since. Uh, global yeah, war on terror started 2001, 2001. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Here, I'm going to hold my breath and catch it for a second. What do you guys got? Well, I just so, um, yeah, one of the big countries, because you mentioned um, Arab Spring, and I think uh, one of the countries that really needs to be brought up during the Arab Spring was Egypt, because Egypt had the, like, Egypt was the mass revolution, the televised, the televised, the revolution will not be televised, that's Egypt for the Arab Spring, uh, because they had... Um, because it's just such a known popular country and because it's also a what is Egypt like a semi ally are they a they're a non they're a non threat non competitor however we look at them but they're supposed to be semi ally um, yeah and yeah then, that, that's right and then then sorry I completely forgot about this part but Syria is also impacted by one the the uh, Arab Spring tears the country up uh, two there's the influx of fighters from Iraq um, that are trying to take control of the nation. And that's Bashar sort of the Assad's rub on trying Syria. To, well, this is, you're absolutely right about that. So the president starts basically gassing his own folks. The Obama administration and red, its the red line. infinite fucking wisdom, whatever that means, starts deploying special operations troops. There's airstrikes. The airstrikes and drone strikes have been historically like... Um, flipping a coin either it works or either it works and they kill innocent civilians yeah so yeah the yeah, newest one my question was so we do an airstrike in this case I guess no one dies so it's like all right so it's a it's a warning shot like over the heads well so this one is against um so it's against facilities like we said they they are um what was the phrase i used they were um tactical strikes right these are not yeah these are tactical airstrikes. We're going against facilities. Um, tactical airstrikes go all the way back to, at this point, where we're talking tactical bombings. Tactical bombings go all the way back to World War II when you look at mm -hmm. how the um, how the U.S. and how the U.K. did bombings in major cities in Europe. So you get a Those weren't tactical. That was carpet bombing. No, 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 no. It is. Uh, so you look at, like, Nuremberg, right? So when the U.K. Right. flies over Nuremberg, the UK is bombing. Um, they're doing what they called. Um, oh God, dang it! This the word's going to escape me. Um, 
morale bombings. So the UK yeah. is doing what is called morale bombings. They are bombing effectively like where people live to try to get Germans to leave to to disintegrate the machine from within. Whereas the U.S. is doing tactical strikes against uh, uh, against um, industrial indus- facilities against industry against war machine right against the war industry. Um, so here you have you have the U.S. taking tactical strikes against militias. Uh, I'm sorry, against facilities in eastern Syria, and most of this is all. Uh, in fact, I think all these strikes are in eastern Syria, but these facilities are Iranian backed. When you look at a map, Syria and Iran don't touch. Like, Iraq is in between, right? So we are still actively in Iraq, whether people want to say it or not. We're still actively in Afghanistan. Um, But we are not allowed in Iran, and we're not allowed in Syria, because we have not declared war on either one of these. So we're doing tactical strikes against Syria, which we're not supposed to be in, that are Iranian-backed, which we're not supposed to be in. So it seems like this is almost like we're we're kind of declaring war, but we're not declaring war. Well, it's kind of like that GWAT clause, that global war on terror. Like anybody the U.S. deems to be a terrorist, now we can conduct warfare against them as an individual group rather than as a sovereign nation. Um, and that I hate that there's all this dogmatic verbiage. But then there's also the verbiage that's like, but, you know, it's just a gray area, so we can still do it. But I guess it's just internationally accepted to the extent that no one's going to do anything to stop us from any sort of actions. Yeah, kind of. Like, they can say stuff at the UN, but no one's going to, like, has there been sanctions filed anywhere against the United States for performing these actions? No, because like nobody. Seri- because we're the only ones. No, who I haven't seen people. anything so far. We're the only ones yeah. who sanction people. Has any? I'll I'll look this up while we talk. But has anybody ever sanctioned the U.S.? That's a great question. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, so, like, does the Siri, does Assad get to do any sort of saber rattling against us? Like, he clearly can't attack America because then it's fucking on like now <laughs> now now we get to go like you know all up in that ass but couldn't Assad sit there and be like okay we are sanctioning the American government any business interests they have here we're freezing which probably we don't care about but like isn't that something he would want to do in his home country oh I don't know so there are six countries well I'm sorry five countries and a bunch of countries should we get to guess who? Yeah, and I'll let you guess which administration. So there's six there's six areas that have current sanctions against us. I'll let you guess which administration they are, and I'll give you some guesses against some of the countries. So everybody take like two or three guesses over what countries they are and then what administration they're under. Like, oh, which, which administration were the sanctions placed under? Yes. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so I say... Iraq has sanctions against us. Turkey. And then I would say... Lebanon. Yemen. And then my dark... good one. Somalia. My dark dark horse candidate for country of sanctions against us is the United Kingdom. Aaron, third one. You get a dark horse, I feel. You gotta just go uh, nuts. New Zealand. Because okay. of COVID. 
like so it. actually, like believe it. it or not, y'all just went over six. Damn. Um, <laughs> well, actually, technically, Cody got one because of when the sanction happened. So all these sanctions happened. The current sanctions that are under is it COVID sanction? Nope. These current sanctions um, are, were all came underneath the Trump administration. So okay. So so you have the PRC, China, China. China has a current. Oh, that was so easy! Damn it. China has a current oh. sanction against us. Uh, posed a tariff. But that's six- different than tariffs, right? Uh, ha- or are tariff sanctions? These are so. These are sanctions against us. The okay. people okay. has imposed a tariff of sixty billion on U.S. good on the twenty fourth of September two, and another hundred billion on America as part of an ongoing trade war. Um, Canada. Canada. Canada retaliated to the sixteen point six billion dollar tariff on U.S. goods. And other, oh, yeah, because we did that thing about milk, right? So they sanctioned us. Mexico sanctioned us. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Beca- so because the, of because so of we're the, being sanctioned by uh, uh, NAFTA countries. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, Iran has NAFTA we're doing has it right. Sanctioned us. Iran sanctioned us. These are current. Makes sense. Like current I knew, sanctions. I knew Iran was going to have them. I just want to guess that one, but yeah, yeah, I should have said it. Uh, and yeah. Russia sanctioned us. Of course. It, it has, of course. It has banned the US import of or it has banned the import of US food related products since the sixth of August of two thousand fourteen. So that's actually Obama era. So like Russians have not bought a single American food product since two thousand fourteen. And yeah, it was extended until uh it was extended fifth like of July. International brands like Coca Cola, so there's no Coca Cola in Russia. It just says US food related products. So That's to, probably our Russian, agricultural. to our vast Russian audience, can you buy Cokes? And then, and then this is why Co- this is why Cody was partially right. So the sixth country slash political union on this list is the EU. The EU has a current sanction against us, in reta- in retaliation to the tariff of a uh, so U- EU retaliated to the sanctions with a tariff of 180 U.S. goods for over three billion dollars. Yeah, yep. You know what? Now that you say that, I do remember that from like early on Trump stuff. Yeah. So four, uh, five of these, I'm sorry, f- yeah, five of these are, two. Uh, four of these are 2018, one of these is, no, five of these are 2018, and one of them is 2014. Russia was 2014 that extended. So yeah, I guess, but all of ours is economic sanctions. I, I guess that's really right. all you can do is like trade sanctions, right? Yeah, like even our sanctions against Iran, that's just about business economics. It's not, yeah, that's all that is. Like we're trying to punish them financially so that they cave into our whims. Yeah. All right, Aaron. So we we're, we've chased that rabbit down the hole. Now that we derailed, back to <laughs> Syria. Okay, guys. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I was reading, there was a question that just kept popping up in all the articles. And, um, or, or it's rather, there was a statement made, and it's by legal experts, and they want to talk about the constitutionality of um, uh, military airstrikes. Um, and to me, that brings up a caveat, which is, well, if we're going to talk about military airstrikes, drone strikes, shouldn't we also talk about limited military, like boots on ground, special operations stuff? And what is the con- constitutionality of that? Because I thought that there was a caveat to declaring war. 
Yeah, so and I thought it beca- seems like we've gotten along with it, gotten away with that. Yeah, uh, because I thought so I thought I thought war had to be declared congressionally, which is where we get back to the uh, the George Bush invasion of Iraq in two thousand one. That it's an illegal war because he declares like an emergency state and goes in without congressional approval, and then basically draws like all of NATO in along with him. Yeah, but if you if you read Tom Clancy's novel Executive Decision, you <laughs> you would know. That a U.S. president can make an attack on a country like his own on his own authority, but he has seventy-two hours to tell Congress what he did, why he did it, and what happens afterwards. Now, does he still have to go back and get congressional approval, or is this like a seventy-two-hour war? I think it's a a ninety-day war. war. Yeah. Okay. Um, So he's allowed, and some of this came up under Bush as far as like what. War power, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. The presidential war powers—they have presidential war powers, and that's kind of like what Korea. No, Korea, we declared war, right? Yeah. So every other action since Korea has been under War Powers Acts. I'm ninety-eight percent sure I'm right there. Which just kind of like undermines the whole idea of like there being. And like, eventually goes down. Eventually goes into. So they decide to do this shit. Then they have to justify it to Congress, and then Congress is like, okay, cool, we'll find you funding. All right, give me a year that this don't don't look if you've already got it pulled up. Do you have it pulled up? No, I'm looking at you guys. Okay, and what year? Paper. What so the what Cody's alluding to is called the War Powers Act of 1941, which gives the president, uh, which was an American emergency law that increased federal power. What year? What year did this come about? You just said 1941. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. Shit. I did. Yeah. When? Oh, I was just checking to make sure you guys were listening. Yeah. Shit. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. I'm I reading that because I'm reading that and I'm going, would y'all have guessed that? No. I, I honestly think I would have said like 1949, like thinking right when we went over to Korea. It would have been like Cold War. So, stuff, the, act, maybe. so the act was. Yeah. To me, 1941 is like, uh, well. So the act was so, signed in December 18th, 41. A Le- right over Pearl Harbor. Eleven days after Pearl Harbor, but which and gave already declared war, so it just gave the president more unilateral, you know, yep, lateral. So I gave him. So like how a- how long did it take to do one both the Patriot Act and two mm. um, invoke the GWAT, the Global War on Terror? How long did that take? Now that's right there after September 11th. So what do you think? Like thirty G-Watt to sixty itself, days. Well, I feel like GWAT actually comes into effect after the uh axis of not a- yeah axis of axis evil of speech. evil like so that's 2002 <laughs> so um the patriot act came about october 26 2001 so now we yeah, are yeah. 40 so 30 days what am i at 30 we're 45 exactly 45 days after september 11th yeah and then an actual declaration of a global war on terror doesn't happen until 2002 i would say uh so the global war oh, i te- thought it was all simultaneous now the global war of terror is i just saw a date on it um so they declared it uh so they backdated it. they declared it from september 11 oh all right so whenever it was declared but they backdated it and said september 11 is the start of the GWAT. So, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. now, 2013, President Bo- uh, President Obama announces that the global war on terror is over. 
Oh, well, fuck. Oh, it is. So does that mean, like, if you graduate basic, you don't get the GWAT medal anymore? Uh, no, you, you still don't, but it, it's still listed as active. Like, I guess congressionally they've never ended it, so they can continue to say that the United States has never lost a war it's been involved in. Um, but in 2013, President Obama does declare the global war on terrorism is mm. ended. All right, so the searing action, what's the difference between this tactical strike in, in on Iranian-backed militias versus the Moab. So Trump, within the first 30, 40 days of office, maybe the first two weeks, I forget. Are you talking about like the giant, giant, like, yeah, like not nuclear the, bomb? Nine days. Yeah. So, so nine days he launches an operation nine in Yemen. Nine days he decides just to take the Moab and completely waste it on just some empty caves in Afghanistan. That was just supposed to be oh, no, my, no, dick no. Bi- no, my dick big, fear, fear it. You heathen. There was the there was the Yemeni strike in nine days. In I don't know when he launched it, the Moab in Afghanistan. Yeah, Moab happens pretty fast into his administration. I don't and know if the. Go ahead. No, that's all I had. Well, I, just, just like so strikes or strikes, like, right? But like the Moab to me, if which if one's dumb? Well, what I was going to say is that like if you are the theater commander and somebody calls in for it, and they think that's the appropriate response, and while while I <laughs> can completely disagree with ground force commanders on what's appropriate, uh, generally I've been kind of like on the commander's side. Like if the, if the ground commander says we need big stuff, like you just yeah. you call for it. Like, um, But also when the Moab happened, I mean, there there had been such a sharp reduction in troops that so like when... That was April 13, 2017. Sort of, oh, April, okay. April 13, 2017, so a year in was the Moab. Right, so, so if any no, ground No, no, because he becomes president January 20th, 2017, so it's probably about two months. So you got two months. Yeah. So continue. Sorry, Not I was even. just giving us... Oh, I was just going to say that like if, if NATO troops are in contact, period, like, and they need to wipe some stuff out. I think that's exactly what you should do, especially in those years when um, fighting was so intense. And, and you know, fighting's going to stay intense in Afghanistan, but kind of pivoting back to, to Syria, I think that the tactical strikes were probably... One thing that the administration keeps citing is that they, they were proportional. Uh, one okay. service member got killed, one contractor got killed, you're now going to conduct a tactical strike, which means you're just delaying the post-ISIS war machine or you're delaying uh, some sort of Iranian militia. But uh, I don't know. It's I guess to me it's like I'm I'm just I'm left wondering, like, why are we mincing words on stuff if if we're getting st- hit by rockets from Syria? Why wouldn't we? But I'm not. I'm not trying to be like. Yeah, no, no, no. It's fine because that's what. So, well, I, I think I, I think your confusion gels well with most of America's and our audience is cl- well. No, we have an international audience, so there is that. So we have a duty to them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your confusion is my confusion because really, like, I feel like this strike happened out of nowhere. Yeah, which it, it, is sort of refreshing. Like there wasn't Joe Biden's not on Twitter. Just like, I'm going to crush Syria and resistance like no one's ever seen before. Like, none of that's happening. It's just a very polite, here's a missile. 
and um, we don't know, you don't know why. Oh but my there god! Was a missile. I'm so glad you said that because there's this woman I know. She's a reporter, and we were talking about the missile strikes, and she's like super irate because everybody's like up in arms over it. And she goes, "Hey, just so you know, like Trump had way fewer uh, tactical strikes, or you know." Yeah, the, the big one that I remember was when Syria gassed everybody, and then we just sent missile, a cruise missile after cruise missile into that yeah. airfield in like 2016. Or how about when Obama was sending like uh, drone strikes into Yemen, and they were killing innocent children yeah. and well, women? They, I think they slaughtered an entire wedding party. Yep. Um, like yeah, and that's that can't. So be, she brought up this really great point where she's like, you know, hey, just so you know, Trump had fewer airstrikes. I'm like, you're you're absolutely right. And she follows up and she goes. But Joe, Joe's got nice boy rhetoric. <laughs> and that's that's definitely been the that's I keep saying the rub because I think this whole thing is the rub. That's the rub is there's plenty of people who are going to be apologetic for this strike because it was done with manners. Yeah. So that was <laughs> and again, that was the because I mentioned it earlier. There was like a discrepancy in the CNN and a CNN title where they they shit on. Uh, they shit on President Trump or then President Trump for his use of missiles and everything against the uh, Syrian airbase, and then they back it up with their headline against um, the Biden administration's airstrikes, saying that they're using a scalpel, not a sledgehammer. Um, and it's very like you, it's not. <laughs> I, I feel like the President Trump because I think they went through that airstrike. This the. Uh, the airbase airstrike, and I don't think anybody died in that one. I think that was like a true tactical airstrike where they just knocked out like a portion of the air force. It was like, no, man, like you can't continue to do this. You're gonna gas a country. You're gonna gas your own people. Then here's an appropriate response because yeah. we still have troops on the border. Okay, so what would be the difference between um, Iranian intelligence director Soleimani mm-hmm. getting killed by President Trump? And Assad bin Laden, and so oh, th- th- because like these gr- these are, are the these are the two foreign actors they can think about. And actually, under 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 President Trump, Al Baghdadi, yeah, leader of ISIS, yeah, you get, also you get two. Well, he's not killed by a missile; he's killed by Delta Force. Yeah, was it was it them or was it Devger who got them? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it was a tier one personality. I think it was the CAG guys. I think you're right. And yeah, and so both those you mentioned happen on foreign soil from where they should be taking place. Like, uh, I'm going to fuck up names here. I think Soleimani is Iranian. He's the he's Iranian. He just landed in Baghdad. Okay, yes, so it's in Baghdad, and we decide just like fucking torpedo his ass there. I know torpedoes from submarines. Whatever you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, JM, I saw you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, I think that's a good point. So, but like, then you get so to play. That's on then Iraqi you get to play. soil. Iraq is mad. They're like, dude, you didn't tell us you were going to fucking blow this dude up. I mean, which I guess. Which is weird because we're more questions like, what are you doing hanging out with them? We're not because <laughs> because the war in Iraq exists no longer, right? We're in we're in OEF now. We're in Operation Enduring Free and Freedom. We're not in OIF. We're not Operation or OIR uh, Operation well, Iraqi they're Resolve. Enduring our freedoms, right? So like we're over there on a on a peacekeeping rebuilding mission. Uh, it's the same thing that we're doing in Afghanistan now. We're not an active. We're not an active. It's still an active combat zone, but we're not acting as active combatants. We're acting in like in a reactive posture to anything that's happening. We are training forces over there. We are rebuilding and 
um, what, what's the installing democracy, right? The same thing that we did in the Bay of Pigs, the same thing that we did <laughs> in we Venezuela. Go, we control all, delete that, and turn off some programs. Um, so this is what we're doing over there, and they you bring in an Iranian leader into an area where we are actively rebuilding a country to give us better, give us better deals. Never mind the, all the NATO countries that we have dragged into this, who probably aren't getting the same sweetheart deals are, but are dying just the same for everything. Um, which is a whole other issue in and of itself. So you bring this guy in and then you're like, Oh shit, he's in the middle of an active war zone. Let's kill him. You're like, no, he's not in an active war zone. And, you know, whether it was CAG, whether it was DevGrew, whether it was a standard military, your 18-year-old your private fresh out of basic who's an infantryman who shoots him in the head, um, the the point is, is like now it's convenient to do a proportionate action, a retaliatory strike, a tactical mission, whatever the case may be, because now he's in a friendly country when we're still killing people in that country. Yeah, I mean, one thing can be said, though, it's okay that they blew up that airfield because we probably built it, so it's ours. There's three it's different fine. cases that we've talked about here, and I think um, Baghdadi's the leader of ISIS and, and the caliphate, right? Yep. Who's Who's bin Laden? Is he a caliphate? Is he the leader of the caliphate, or is he just the leader of the way? He's the leader of the way. Like he. Okay, is... so he's the leader of the way, so he's the, the leader of the al-Qaeda. And, and we'll then you've say got that he's Soleimani, directly who responsible is for under, 9/11. He is the intelligence director for Iran's equivalent of the CIA, and he has left Iran to go do nation building in Syria. Now I don't know what Soleimani's like purpose or objective was, but I think we can assume that he was probably in the probably midst doing of shenanigans, with, right? Probably doing shenanigans. Um, I'm having a hard time kind of wrestling with all of that, though. Yeah, because I mean... In, in a lot of ways, I'm like, well, if he's the guy that is leading the CIA of Iran and Iran's got their own covert war going on, then why wouldn't we? But also, so Iran's we... not technically an enemy, and Soleimani is a state actor. He's not Baghdadi, and he's not bin Laden. Um, so... Yeah, so we just assassinated a... a <laughs> A leader of a, a, a an installed representative of a foreign government. Uh, yeah, imagine Leon Panetta landing in in Yemen, and then someone just some Yen. What's they the Hoot the Houthis? Houthis, Houthis, like someone, like the crack division of the Houthis decide to like just fucking light up that plane, and he's dead. Well, think about all the times that we send um, that we send our own. Um, State state representatives, and when I say state, I'm sorry, the federal the state as the United right, right. States, not John Cornyn's not going over there, but uh, or I wish Lauren Bobbert would. Um, but all these times that we send like uh, division heads or state actors over into Israel, and yeah. could you imagine what happens when um, Hezbollah? I ran Hez you back, Hezbollah. Yeah, Hezbollah has a rocket, the wrong limo, and all of a sudden. There's fucking, and then, say it's 2003, Condoleezza Rice is back there. Yeah, and then they say, well, they should have known better. It's an active war zone. But like, well, yeah, it's an active war zone, but we're not actively at war with you. The, you know, Hezbollah is actively at war with Israel. 
with uh, with the uh, w- what's the Israeli force over there? Um, IDF. Yeah, the IDF. Right. So Hezbollah is in an act of war with IDF, but they're not in an act of war against the United States. But our defense secretary goes over there to do whatever because we just moved a. Maybe we just moved like a federal building into Jerusalem so we could virtue signal to the world that we recognize Israel as a, you know, independent nation. And they kill our defense secretary. Do like what do they think is going to happen? Because I guarantee you the next massive bomb is going straight into going straight into Iranian headquarters. And we do the same thing in Iraq and then we get pissed off three years later. That some when the Iranians s- rattle their little sabers. At <laughs> that three years later, that some contractors and service members in Iraq are killed by Iranian fire. We're like, like oh, how well, dare they? Tactical airstrike. <laughs> like, we are, we are bullying the world at this point, saying that do as I say, not as I do. It is truly oh, yeah. like we are doing all of this to bring peace to your country because it does better for us. However, how we install that peace. We will do it at our benefit, not your benefit, without without cultural recognition of what it actually means to you. Aaron, what is it? Is it Rogue One, the fucking the robot? It's like, like we come in peace, stop resisting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I on the right the track murder, there? Yeah. I don't. Know. The I, murder I, robot says we should stop. <laughs> I don't. Know. Aaron just got really animated, so I feel like I'm I'm kind of on the right track because I'm I'm not yeah. I'm not as keen on I'm not as smart on this as I probably should be because it's just hey man, so you know what you're consuming. calling it. You don't know. Maybe you don't know this term, but you know what it is. It's called post colonialism. Yeah, yeah. Where, uh, you know, we're we're not going to set up a federally recognized government, but guess what? A military installation is whether it's at Baghdad International Airport or, you know, if it's in fucking Beirut, you know? What is it? So it's a federally re- recognized duty station for military troops. So, like, it's, now now we can't get colonialism. pissed. colonialism. Yeah, now we can't There's get no, pissed off when... There, and guess what? There is private industry there because what's Raytheon? Boom. But, yeah. <laughs> and ARD, I think AMD software, the company that owns AR, uh, AMD, I'm going to... I'm. I don't want to go too far in this because I'm going to have to backtrack it, but I believe that AMD has a connection over there in the Middle East with at least some lithium mining and whatnot uh, coming out of North Africa. Uh, but so yeah, it's, it's post-colonialism to me. Yeah. And I, I think, um, yeah, yeah, you're, that's absolutely you know, right. I, you know, what's really frustrating is four or five months ago, everybody like crossing their fingers for Joe to get elected. Rock and roll. He gets elected. There's the insurrection. What, whatever. And and here we are, dude. I, AOC within. has been destroyed, like just been super vocal about uh, what has been going on. So she has been, she has been railing against the Biden administration in the past two weeks. Whether it was, whether it was student loan forgiveness, whether it was um, a third round of checks, which just got approved. I think a third round of checks. Uh, and by Congress, something got approved. Yeah, yeah, and then now, like she, she hit on, uh, she hit on the Syrian airstrikes. Um, she has been just, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so like on the thirty six. Here, it's kind of like Ron Paul. So here, you have to, yeah, you have to appreciate so, someone's consistency. Whereas so many politicians just be like, well, it's my side now. It's totally cool. So here's one of the things that she's. So she's part. Of, uh, I believe she's part of the Gravel Institute, if I remember correctly. 
um, but she's at least retweeting them. Um, on the 36th day of his presidency, Joe Biden bombed Syria, gave up on a $15 minimum wage, and didn't send out survival checks to the million people going hungry. And her whole thing is he's waging a different kind of war, and it's against the American people. Yeah, well, it's easier to approve a, a drone uh, a drone strike or a, a military and strike than it is to get Congress to do anything that well, makes so, their name look bad or or get Congress to commit to an opinion other than being like, oh, you know what's cool? The industrial fucking war machine. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? So, because you said post-colonialism. So could you imagine right now uh, the war on terror is not happening? We, we stood on a boat in San Diego or wherever the hell it said, and we said, we are victorious and the war on terror has stopped. And now the UK has gone into Pakistan and is actively fighting a war to stop them from whatever, from, from bombing India because they have so much, they have so much, um, uh, what am I trying to say, industry involved in, and they have their massive trade agreements with India. So they are fighting a war against pakistan and do we go over there and are we shooting pack are we shooting up pakistan are you know is are the frenchmen going over there are the germans going over there are the aussie are the aussie badass sof going over there and doing crazy shit you know are the austrians going into pakistan or are we just like sanctioning the uk do we get away with do we get away with this shit just because we're the u.s and because nobody can just drive to our country and invade us, they have to cross an ocean to come do shit. We're so safe over here. <laughs> that's, but that's really what it is, right? Like, we are so far away from everything that it's Until so... Mexico gets super pissed at us by just being dicks them all the time, we're, we're pretty safe. Well, there's the wall. They can't get in anyways. So it's fine, right? Until they invent ladders. Once those <laughs> bastards invent ladders, it's over for us. But think about how easy it is for us to just go into Italy and be like, hey, we're just going to set up some stuff here, help the economy. We're going to put a base in to help with national defense. We'll, we're going to spend you know American dollars within the economy. Um, and then, oh, shit, like, hey, we're just going to take like this long drive up the boot over to the Czech Republic, down through Turkey. And then, oh, guess what? We're in Syria and Iraq. Like we're just gonna get in this boat in the port here in Venice, and we're just going to we're gonna launch from your shores to Turkey. Yeah, but like, do we do this because we're so because we're so isolated from the rest of the world? Do do we do this because is this not happening to us because they can land in Mexico or Canada and our navy has the second largest air force in the world, only behind the United States Air Force? What do you think poses Jay-Z. the greatest? What do you think who going to stop actors? Now, huh? What What do you think poses the most serious threat right now? To us or to the world? Well, well we're the um, I think uh, we should talk about us since one. this is about U.S. drone strikes or uh, U.S. airstrikes. Yeah, airstrikes. So I think what I think honestly, like what poses the greatest threat against us is our hubris. I think you see stuff like nine eleven happen. Because the America America truly believes it's the greatest country in the world. When we act, we believe that we're the greatest country in the world because we are the biggest bullies in the world. And it doesn't help that, you know, certain idiot politicians will trot out a line of like they resent us for our freedoms and we all just buy that. <laughs> like no one's no one's willing to like do the cursory research like well, actually, he told us why he's mad at us in this video. Maybe we should think about some of those things we're doing that make them mad. Um, 
so the, the reason I say that we act like the biggest bullies in the world, because we are the, I don't know how you call it. We are. Thank God we did a disclaimer for your ass. Well, we're your, we're your elitist jocks, right? So we're the biggest, we're the strongest, but we're the dumbest. And because we're the biggest and the strongest, we can push people around, but we don't think about, <laughs> but we're not, we're not thinking long-term action, right? Because we're the biggest and the strongest, but we are damn sure not the brightest. Um, and even like basic educational statistics will prove that, that we're, we're barely it, out of, out of what do they call them? Out of the uh, first class nations, we are nowhere close to like the top 25%, I don't believe. Um, but well, it, I think I think the greatest threat to us to answer Aaron's question is us because at some point somebody's going to come over. One of these people that we're picking on is going to pick on us back and actually win a fight. And do not do not get me wrong. Nine eleven was not nine eleven was a terrible terrible tragedy, right? Yeah. Uh, but to sit on that for twenty years and say we're still fighting against nine eleven, no, like we're no longer fighting against. We have effectively eliminated everybody that was involved in 9-11. Now we are still looking after our best interest, corpus interest, and we're putting the rest of the world in danger because of our actions. And then we laugh at them and go, oh, well, you see how all these Syrians are fleeing into Germany and Czech Republic and Italy and ruining your country because they're terrorists and there's bombings because of shit that we did and that this is why we still have to be, we have to stop this stuff from happening. But in reality, what we're doing is the reason that it's happening. So it's just like we are furthering these events. Yeah, like, what if instead of bombing the living fuck... Okay, so I guess with, with Syria, you have the problem of Assad still in charge, which I guess is a problem. So you can't, like... I was about to say, like, why don't we invest in Syria rather than bomb Syria? But once you put money into Syria in, like, a nation-building capacity, you're propping up a dictator, which is bad, too, I guess. So probably the best option just to get out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe like you like you know uh, triage it. Like you stop the bleeding, uh, but at the same time you've now you've now destabilized the country. So half the eastern sector is a vacuum because you're not going to have Al Qaeda operating in Iraq again. Like Iraq, just it's it's sort of a government now, whereas eastern Syria is like. Fucking I think that assessment is completely South wrong. But territory. Wait, wait, I, don't, well, then I, th I don't think you're far off, and I like where your, your thrust is going. Explain why. And, well, one, explain why his assessment's wrong because I think that's like that's part of the conversation. Is I want to know. You have to have that conversation. Is like why there was so much there. destabilization going back. That's to That's a huge part. Of it, yeah. And it, it I, I mean, like if you go overseas and you go to like Baghdad or, you know, I can't speak for Erbil or Mosul. Baghdad specifically, like, it is neighborhood to neighborhood, and guess what nobody trusts? Much like we don't trust the cops here, they don't trust the cops either, because the cops are just as corrupt. They're all looking to make a dollar. And it's, it's much the same in any sort of national army, national police force in Afghanistan. There has been so much destabilization, there's no, next to no reporting. And if there is, it's there's full of corruption. I'm sure. Well, it's full of corruption. Um, what I would say is that, and I asked my teacher at UW the same thing. It's like we're talking about conflict and cooperation within the United States. This is the this is the entire class, and it's the end of the semester, end of the quarter. And I raise my hand. And I say, "Hey, you know, 
we're talking about the Middle East in the last 25 years. Um, we contextualize it by addressing post-Ottoman Empire, post-colonialism, um, the McMahon Pact, and now here we are after the Gulf War. What did we do? Uh, like uh, you were you were a professor of Middle Eastern policy, politics, and and the law, and you're from Turkey. You're expelled from your own country. Like, tell me, tell me what you think. And he sat back and he and he thought about it for a few minutes, and he goes, "I think that for as wrong as everything that we've done here is, I don't think that completely pulling out like if you were suggesting that." Were you suggesting that completely? Uh, here's the thing, my uh, where well, I was going to finish. My it, thought was you can't, yeah. you can't. So you know, we, we get the fuck out. Like you still have to maintain some sort of like QRF that can like pop the weasel when its head pops up. Yeah, but the, so but now we're getting into this. But like, how long does that go? No, because no, because we're getting into this vicious cycle. Because now you're saying that now you're saying well, hold that on. we are. You're res- you're very. I I see where you're going with this, Jam. He goes this for as good. much as we need to have. This sort of structure, the equivalent needs to also be there. Those are your um, law educators. Those are your policy educators. That's your State Department doing its actual job and helping influence how local leaders work. I mean, like it, it kind of is like taking every ethics class that you've ever had to take um, as a military member and then making it as equal as your military training goes. You know, everybody knows how to shoot a gun, rock and roll. You know how to go work out, and you know how to do patrol-based activities. But what are the ethics of um, running a nation where uh, democracy is supposed to be a thing? Unless you just want to go back to being a caliphate. And if that's the case, then go do it. You know, Iran's got their model. See how that's working for them. But, I mean... That's not exactly Iran's fault either. It probably work in Iran if there weren't some American sanctions. They'd probably be very successful. So, the, <laughs> the, the but issue, you're right. Vicious cycle. I, I I can hear that. Yeah, the issue I have with that is because, so the big, like that was one of the big talking points against, and, and it is every presidential election is I'm just going to remove. We are ending the war on terror. I'm pulling our. I'm bringing our boys home. Right. It's it's our it's our World War Two. It's our Korea War. It's our Vietnam War. It's our um, it's our Desert Storm. We are bringing our troops home, bringing our boys home. And whoever says it, the opposite always goes. Well, you can't just leave a gap there, and that's true. Yeah. Like you can't just leave a gap there, but that gap doesn't exist if we're not there in the first place. So we are in we are in a country. We are in several countries right now that have thousands. of of years of history thousands of years of history that have entire governments and entire factions within these governments based upon thousands of years of marriage and one one guy sleeping with two different chicks and producing two sects of judaism right between like you talk now we're getting into like the shiite and the sunnis now we're right talking about Abraham yeah like, and muhammad yeah so now we're getting into like the Shiites and the Sunnis, but you have, we're in an area that has, that has been effectively stable. Now, war torn because of, again, five, four or 5,000 years of history. And then we go in there as a country that is 250 years old and say, we can fix all this. 
but we can't. They, we get mad at them because they bomb us. They get mad at us because we bomb them. But the, the, where I get back to the bullying thing because it stopped, it stopped being an effective war once we achieved our, achieved the, hey, you did this to us, we took out the guy who did this to us, right? Now we're over there and we're pushing, we're pushing Western ethics, Western morals, Western democracy into a country that has never, ever historically had a Roman democratic system involved. Um, and then you talk about destabilization. Well, yeah, we we continue to progress that destabilization. Again, and I may be way off, but you have to like when you pull out this power, this power struggle, this void that we leave is you a void that w- is a void that we create and a void that we perpetuate by always saying that we need to be there to help these people. They don't need our fucking help. They, they need our help from us. We we are continuing this, and that's what they need our help from. Is they need the help from getting away from us. Oh, dude, I I love what you ended on too, because there's there's something that, and Cody might know this. Um, Maybe Jam might know this too. We started this off talking about Syria. We 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 brushed on Bashar al Assad, who, you know. Um, used chemical weapons against his own people, right? Yep. Uh, we also know that Saddam Hussein did that, right? Do you know that they come from the same political party? Yeah, they're, they're Ba'athists. They're, okay, okay. Yeah. So Cody knew that. Did and not that was a big reason why a lot of it... So, so the reason we, I bring we, that up all, is because there's this question. The it's like, if we yeah. just get rid of the one guy, should solve the rest of the problems, right? Man, we were really lucky when Hitler went ahead and killed himself in Germany, you know, Nazi oppressed Germany actually wanted to run their own country and support their own people. Yeah, but so is that? Back, I mean, I guess that, the, that's a that's a that's that's a logical fallacy. We shouldn't follow that one down, right? I mean, like one size does not fit all, but also like one country regaining some. But sense you're talking of about like composure again after wartime. But but again, you're talking about. So if you look at now, Cody's Cody's gonna. Prove me wrong on this, Cody. The Roman Empire did the Roman Empire include Syria, Iraq, Iran, um, Kuwait, the UAE, any of that? So the Roman Empire definitely had certainly uh, Damascus, so parts of Syria, Le- Jordan, Lebanon, Israel, of course, uh, Egypt, all that. But I don't, as far as like Romans occupying true Saudi Arabia, I don't think so. I don't think they were in Iraq either. So and, in Yemen and Oman, yeah, the, the, well, well, could, well, the Greeks definitely were in Baghdad, yeah, so possibly. But the reason the reason I bring up Rome, right? Because Rome is the the, Ro- the they Romans on knew the, of Baghdad. Yeah, Saudi Arabia is fucking nothing until two hundred years ago. Yeah, so Rome, except for Mecca. So Rome is you know the French are the fathers of democracy, right? But the Romans instilled. The Romans had the Senate. The Romans had the Congress there. Like they had the early foundations of a, but they were a, they were a true democracy where a majority rule kind of thing. Yeah. They had ping back and forth between uh, a Caesar and a Senate. Yeah. But that's not what you're, that's not the, that's not the governmental style of the Middle East. And it never had been. Yeah. A lot of that's, a lot of that has been tribal up until the late, 19th century. So when you talk about Aaron, when you talk about um, when you talk about Hitler, right? So Germany is 
Germany, the, the Roman Empire, which had a papal state up in Germany, there is a pope interred in Germany. Um, there, there's still Roman, the, the, well, that's then since, they become the Holy Roman Empire. It's a whole different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they become the Holy Roman Empire. So you have like, you have this, you have, you can't look at Germany in the Middle East as the same when you say like this dictator versus no, dictator. I, I'm glad that you said that because they're, they're two completely different, uh, subjects to tackle. No, you're absolutely right. Um, that's why that one dude wrote, uh, wrote, uh, guns, germs, and steel. So, what? What? I don't. I don't know. That uh, uh, you know, oh, it's just good, some liberal uh, bullshit. Jared man. Diamond, uh, j- uh, yeah, guns, yeah. guns, germs, germs, steel. steel. It's yeah. interesting. And I'm, I'm really, I'm very, very uneducated on compared to at least compared to Aaron and def, or definitely compared to Aaron and at least compared to Cody. I'm very, I'm very undereducated on the Middle East. I just historically, I know what I see, and I you continue to hear the same things, which goes back to like, why are we bombing Syria? Because the next thing is going to be from whatever the next presidential candidate is, or it's going to be, well, we're going to end the war, but we have to figure out how to get, we have to figure out how to get, you know, we have, we, we have to close this power void that we continue to inflame and we continue to be there. And it's almost like we are doing this so we can justify being there. Do we I think we need to get like a, a sound machine because I've happens. got like a lightning strike question for all of you. Lightning strike question. Do it. Sum up. <laughs> we just clipped uh, out so hard. Hey, describe the problems in the United or uh, in the Middle East in uh, two sentences or less. Save it again. Describe. describe the problems of the Middle East in two sentences or less. No run-on sentences. Appropriate colons and semicolons allowed. Thank you for clarifying grammatical um, clauses. Who wants to go first? Raise a hand. Cody. Uh, he didn't raise his hand. I don't care. Cody. Cody. <laughs> Just come home. And that's it. <laughs> Just come home. Problems in the Middle East. The, or, the problem in the Middle Just East. Just describe them in two sentences or less. Okay, proper two sentences. The problems in the Middle East belong to the United States and all NATO allies that we have dragged into it. That's sentence one. And because I'm a because I'm a novelist, I'm gonna start a sentence with and, and, comma. We are instilling a government that is favorable to us, but not favorable to the people and the lifestyle of the people of those countries. Perfect. I don't know how accurate it is. Well, uh, none of us are policy experts, are we? Like I've, I've got an undergraduate's degree. No. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not a policy expert. I just, I think that kind of puts a a pretty good sum of it. Yeah, there's just some there's some problems that we are not equipped to solve, and we're better off bringing it all back, and then you just hope for the best. Like you know, isn't there a reason why we have this huge intelligence apparatus to tell us when shit is going to happen to us again? We fucked up on nine eleven because we didn't listen to the intelligence. 
No, so, I'll tell you why we fucked up 9-11. And it's not that we weren't listening, but guess what the president couldn't do? He couldn't make a decision because he was already under fire for fucking Monica Lewinsky. He had already done something so heinous that he couldn't risk um, his reelection on uh, missile strikes because they had him in the crosshairs. Right, yeah, and they ended up hitting the wrong cave. Wrong kid died. Yeah, so there you go. That's a um, card and again, it comes guys. back to who wants to stay in power. Yeah, I don't... So at times like this, I think it's very... I like the fact that that outspoken um, members of President Biden's party, I like the fact that uh, AOC is blasting him. Um, I think this is very important for anybody who voted for President Biden, who said that Trump was this, Trump was that, Trump was this, and Trump was that takes the time to look at this and says, well, it's different because Biden is doing it for this reason and go, no, it's not different. It's, it's the same and you have to hold him accountable. Um, there's, isn't an appropriate response. Sure. You can say that this is a tactical, it's appropriate. It's a measured precision response, but we, God dang, I hate to say, I hate to say that people died and we brought it on ourselves. But we brought it on ourselves. Like, wh- why do we still need to be there? Why? Yeah. Why am I involved in somebody For as else's much as countries? We brought it on ourselves. Guess what? That government contractor, that U.S. service member, they signed a document saying they were willing to go, do what the country told them to do, and I do it for you. I do it for the guy I don't like. And I do it for the other person because they are an American. I know, right? Because that's what service is. I know, but it, this goes back to this goes back to statement I made months and months and months ago. That it, it, I think I actually made it on the Pretty Little Loggers podcast before we started this one. Is is no American service member has defended def- democracy since World War II? Like we yeah, are not. Those are facts. We are not actively. Our, our democracy has not been threatened by fucking one place that we have bombed since nineteen. Oh uh, well, what about uh, what about? Uh, the Fighting Bunch in Athens. Our democracy has they not were, been. Our, they were veterans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were veterans, not active duty. But, <laughs> but another nation has not threatened our way of life or our democracy, and we have not defended that since since World War Two. The 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 strike the the towers falling the Pentagon strike in two thousand one is did it threaten democracy? No. It was just really bad. Like it, yeah. It was it was a terrible, terrible, terrible event that occurred. Um, but it did not threaten our democracy. Like at no point on September twelfth or thereafter was our government was our country's stabilization or stability impacted in any way. Yeah, Osama bin Laden wasn't going to land with the Cuban army and Red Donna's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? And so we go right? over, I mean, we weren't going to have a Wolverine's moment ever. No, you're but you're absolutely right. Like but we go over we go over and we create another session of instability in Middle East and then we then we say that we're defending democracy. But we're not even defending the democracy in those countries cuz we haven't fully installed that democracy in those countries yet. Yeah, this whole circular 
thing is probably just implemented by our special operations community, so they always have a place to go, like, sharpen the knife at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I get... Yeah, I mean, it, No, yeah. like, think, think of the plot to the Predator movies. <laughs> so the Predator goes to Earth, or, you know, then you get in the other movies, and they go to other planets, and they're just there to you know, become real war, like they're, they're young and they go to prove themselves. I mean, essentially, isn't that like what the United States government's doing with all these like third world countries is we're sending our boys over there to become men. And this is a hot take. Sorry. sorry. No, <laughs> well, sorry. The only hot take I have is that but we're predators. We are a, predators. Um, there's one, the military war machine, which Two, only supports private industry, which is three, supported by American legislation to make sure that we keep going to war, boys. Well, because well, you can't, you can't pull four, out because then you lose money in your district. People are out of jobs. And if you, you pull out, then you don't come inside. That's right. Yeah. Ooh. Always aim for the tummy. Well, and number four, don't forget you have that, the, that the American war machine is the answer to the answer to a universal education system. Well, because and if the war you machine want, took down Iron Man when he was when he had an alcohol problem. Because then you can use the American war machine as a way to say we are supporting the lower class. They can go die for their country so they can get a G- undergrad undergraduate degree and maybe be a manager at McDonald's because everybody has an undergrad degree now. Thirty five percent of America. Because, whatever. whatever. Hashtag tell me what you're really angry about. Ugh. I don't. He's yeah, about to no, start class. I'm proctoring this one. I'm proctoring this one. He's about to start class. He's who's, really angry. who's who's answering? Who's answering? I'm what, what, saucy no. bitches. Yeah, no. What I'm re- yeah. That is, so that's another thing I'm really. That's another thing I'm really angry about. So no, because I can tie. I can tie it back into this shit. I can tie it right back into the bombing of Syria. Is let's let's play the game of who was that guy who got killed? Do we think that contractor over there was some fucking graduate law student from Brown? or Harvard, or Yale, or University of Florida, or UW, or UCS, or whatever, right? No, he's no, a 40-year-old retired master sergeant from special operations that's right. now doing the same Shit, thing. Shit, he's probably not even a retired master sergeant. This is probably some dude who spent eight years in 75th Ranger Regiment and got out as a sergeant and went, you know yeah. what, I'm not going to write a shitty book in Cran like that dickhead Matt Best did. I'm going to go over there and I'm actually going to write like I'm going to do something with my yeah. I'm going to do something else Ooh. and then went over there and got fucking killed because guess what he's making $250,000 a year because he can still go light people up go home and tell his overinflated model wife now that yeah I I uh, stack bodies over there in the Middle East but I can't tell you about it but here's my operator beard and my cool haircut and my tacked out AR15 like the, there's a there's a we're not a it's not a professional organization anymore when you have people who sign up just so they can go fucking kill brown people and wave their goddamn flags all over post because they can't me, af- there's a book be- at Larkinow that's signed I need to buy for you yeah because they can't because they can't go to because they can't go to college because they can't afford to go to college and because they can't afford to go to college they can't afford to hear an opposite point of view versus whatever backwoods town they were raised in or whatever poor Ohio River City town they were lived, raised in or wherever mountain they climbed out of in Montana. Jay, that's a really long-winded way of saying you don't like black rifle coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or Article 15 I w- I apparel. W- I won't buy their bullshit either. But or I'm Article like, 15 no. apparel or Nine Line or whatever. Like, I got it. Cool. You got out. You made a t-shirt company and you wrote a book in crayon. Seriously, you retired re- if you don't uh, have Zulu, a t-shirt Zulu Foxtrot, they do the uh, the stupid... Uh, oh, you're going to oh. get in Cody's level because Cody's got Zulu Foxtrot shit. Guess what? I love their face masks because it's just like BDU or Odie Green. Or... I don't have Zulu Foxtrots. I've got OAF Nation. OAF Nation, that's what it is. Oh, I'm not OAF gonna, Nation. I'm not operator as fuck, dude. Well, I'm like, not going to do I don't, yeah, Even though I, I really wish like I had the, the beard, I wish I had the guns, I wish I had the models, and I wish I had these guns, too. Oh, Dude, you, don't, you don't you don't need to be an operator. You just have to have a rich dad who will pay you know give you money to go gamble in Vegas, and you just become like an Instagram guy. Seriously, oh, I, Dan I would. Bilzerian. Yeah, I would. I would. I would pick. Um, thank me for my service for next month's read, but we'd all be done with it in about five days. That's how I'm, bad that book is. There's signed copies still at Larkinell, and I'm buying both of them. Oh God! <laughs> so I I read that book. I read that book in a school i went to and it took me one day to read it because it seems this, like a light afternoon read <laughs> because the spaces between each sentence is that is that big the spaces well, between each word is that big and there's like 15 <laughs> pages of pictures yeah he has to know his market like they, they need big words and few of them so aaron to answer your question that's what i'm angry about i'm ang- i'm angry that i'm angry that somebody has to sign up and do my job because they feel like there's no other option well jam i have good news for you because you don't need to sign up for the military to win three hundred two thousand dollars some cases <laughs> wait this is aaron's segment i know where you're getting no no go ahead no 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 we can't do that we can't do that we can't do that aaron this is your segment what do you want to end on because if you don't end on anything, then we're going into an airport. Uh, well, you you answered my question. I think I'm feeling pretty comfortable with it. Um, do we need to tie any any, any loopholes here, or I don't know? No, just I'm feeling us, good. You know, I was gonna say it. give us give us some closing thoughts on this. Like, I'll ask the Aaron question. Like, why does this matter? At the end of the day, why are the three of us having a conversation and upset about? airstrikes in Syria 39 days into a president, or however long it's been. I'm sorry. So 39 days. 39 days into a presidency. Why are we upset about this? Or why do we care? Or why are we even talking about this? I care. 37 days. Mm. Yeah, why do I care? Why do I care about this? Why does it matter? Why, why, do we, we, why, why does it matter? Yeah, why when are I, we talking about when this? When I joined the military, I, I'm not kidding. I had this inclination and thought that I was actually going to go out and save the world. Um, I thought that uh, democracy was the one-all be-all. I believe in our system. The reason this this airstrike is so important to me is that it it is a representation of what has been kind of the status quo going on for the last 20 years, and I'm a little disappointed that nothing's actually changed. The war's ongoing. It doesn't seem like it's ever going anywhere else. Um, they talk about peace talks in Doha between the Taliban and the United States, but war rages on. And again, there seemingly is no stop to it. And the only people, much like JM just pointed out, that are actually going to be impacted are, are just the war fighters. A friend of mine 
sent me a message. Um, she's in her 60s, and she said, I, you know, hey, I, I'm sorry I missed it. Um, thank you for your service on, on Veterans Day, but also I'm so sorry that men as young as you had to go fight a war for somebody older than me. And I think what she meant was that I'm sorry that you went and fi- fought a war that was decided between politicians. So the clear winners and the clear w- losers here are only the war fighters. Uh, th- those are the losers, right? And the winners are whoever hold private equity and whatever funds the war machine. Um, and boy, isn't that a sad thought? Yeah. No, I, I appreciate you for, I mean, that's, that was heavy, but damn good. Yeah. Uh, it, what a system down, what a system of down say it's uh wake uh, up. No, <laughs> grandma <laughs> put a lot of makeup. Uh, yeah, I mean, but they talk about that, right? Because it's in, in reality, it's the days of the days of the senator's sons going over there and fighting in those wars is is over. You know, the last, the last, the last, in my mind, the last. Uh, I had a company commander that served with Lieutenant Petraeus, General Petraeus's son. Uh, my, I had a company commander who was uh, four-star General McKiernan's daughter, mm. uh, the the ISAF commander. Um, Whoa. But I think, yeah. but I think to that but, point, but I mean, uh, like military last, families are one thing, but it's what about the civilian world? How many? How often is it? Is it? Senator uh, McCain's a bad example because of the military family. So, so AOC as a but kid, that's actually and what her I was kid decides to join is that the military. Things like that. But how, when's it going to be honorable again for people unaffiliated with the military to be serving and go on and so forth? So, and and Senator McCain is the last for me is the like not to talk shit about Dan Crenshaw, right? But like Senator McCain for me is that last like war hero politician we had. I don't care if my politician served in the military. I think it's asinine that people shit on anybody. They're like, "Oh, well, he didn't serve in the military." We guess what? There's there's plenty of presidents who didn't serve in the military. Um I do get a little sick of the thank you for your service thing. Um, I was in a, I was in a book, I was in our bookstore back in Georgetown and I was buying something and I, I took my hat, I took my hat off to like scratch my head or something like that. And I just made a comment. I guess she put two and two together. Sounds like you're what I said to me. And the, and the haircut. And she goes, Oh, you're military. We offer a 10% mil- uh, military discount. And I was like, Well, I don't want it. She goes, No, well, we just give it to you. I go, Look, teachers do more for the country than any military member does. Like, stop. You need to stop praising us as war heroes when we are, when our entire military budget is bigger than, like, I don't know, like a budget. Double for the education. Yeah. Or on top of education or some nation's entire GOP or GPD, what GPD, GDP. Um, like this is, we're getting a little ridiculous here. So I appreciate what you said, Aaron, cause that makes, it makes a lot of sense. Like it hits home and I don't think enough people, I'm not saying don't thank somebody who's in uniform. Right. But it, at this point it's just, 
awkward and well i already called ahead to raleigh international and uh, the news crews will be there next friday when we are reunited because <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'm gonna land there first then greet you with the welcome home soldier sign <laughs> are you gonna walk off the plane with the welcome home soldier yeah, sign? yeah walk off the plane with the sign for you oh shit yeah so uh for our listeners not next week not the uh, the episode you will listen to on the oh, math is hard five, six, seven, eight. In two Not, weeks, yeah, in two weeks, Cody and I will be together in the same room recording with Aaron on TV because Cody's going to come out here to hang out and uh, see Vietnam. I thought you said it was April, but uh, well, you know. I had I have an airplane credit I had to burn in April. I have my wife's baby shower, so it was just not going to work to get out there. So oh, in April, wow. in April, Aaron's going to come out to Vietnam. And we've talked <laughs> this about this is news on to the me, pod. But I will. We've talked <laughs> about this on the pod. You just weren't listening. Either that, or in June slash July, Aaron's going to come down to Texas, and we'll live record somewhere with my children in the background. It'll be good. And your your bags under the eyes, maybe. Yeah, you guys. No, that's probably that, yeah, actually. You're probably going to sleep well for the first year, and then after that, you're going to be no kitted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. it's going to. No, you'll still be able to get drunk on a on a weeknight within the first twelve months. Yeah, we'll see. And then teething happens. Mm. Well, that's when you just give them a little bit of rum. Yeah, you put a little whiskey <laughs> on there. There's little pirates. <laughs> yeah, you just put a little whiskey on the gums. All right, uh, man, that was a great conversation. I enjoyed yeah, guys. That one. We chased a lot of rabbits, but I think it was all, like, connected rabbits. Yeah, yeah. There was no just, like, <laughs> off the left field. Like, it all tailored back in. My dog would have killed for it to be a squirrel. Oh, yeah. Hmm. All right, Cody. Uh, good news this week. And it's not a pet who got fat and lost all the weight, as Cody likes to make his stories. Well, you're, just, you're just lucky I did go to BBC, because they definitely would have had one. <laughs> or Daily Mail. Yeah. In this case, I went to Ditto my Google News, Dodo. which curates name it. So I've been it knows I've traveled to Vegas, so I get Vegas news. And a Texas woman on her way back home from Vegas, where I'm sure she was totally wearing her mask the entire time. She's wearing a mask in a picture. Oh, good for her. Oh yeah, sure enough. All right, so she's cool. Uh, she hit the old Hail Mary slot on the way out, which I, you know I, I've done it. My wife's done it. Everyone's everyone's gone out of Vegas. Definitely like thrown in the quarter and see what happens yeah my girl's like oh my god i did it three hundred and two thousand dollars i don't even know how you can check that many coins into your uh check-in bag yeah, i don't know how that works they must give you I a mean, voucher you lose, i don't know you lose what do you lose a third of that on taxable income i'm but, sure uh, uh is the wheel of fortune slot in the b concourse i've definitely been in b for sure Aaron, have you uh, you been to Vegas? No. That's what oh, you no? get for waking up in have Vegas. Have you have you flown have you flown through um, Vegas Airport? Yep, saw Elvis. Nice. Okay, so she got taxed at uh, thirty. I'm sorry, she gets taxed at twenty four percent of that. She lost a quarter of that immediately. Oof. Good God! Yeah, that's how I become a Republican for sure. 
<laughs> when you have three hundred and two thousand dollars in your hand, and then it turns into like, oh man, when it yeah. turns into like two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, just like in the blink of an eye, you're like, maybe they're right. <laughs> man, I can't wait to go to CPAC next year. Oh god, like, you know that? Jeez. So you speak speaking of that, so that little I was, wheelchair uh, kids onto something, North Carolina. So yes, yeah, CPAC, CPAC just happened. Uh, oh, this weekend. Jan, we have to go. We have to go to his office. It's got to be. It's worth the drive. Let's go to that, like failed West Pointer kid's house. That's now the car, okay. the rep. So CPAC, a conservative political action conference, just happened down in Florida, and I was actually out eating uh, lunch with the with uh, a friend of the yours. girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, the girlfriend. No, we're like I mean we we had the conversation right. So like Ooh. I'm out, out eating lunch with the girlfriend. Like it. Um, we did, and we are somehow CPAC comes up, and she's oh because I made a Ted Cruz joke, and she's like, "Are we really going to get on that?" And I was like, "I mean, we could go drive down to Orlando and like see the man." She goes, "We can't just drive down to Orlando." So I pick up my phone. And I was like, "It's only a seven hour drive to Orlando. Like we could make we could make." Saturday evenings CPAC. Yeah, it'd be the same as like trying to go down to uh, Padre Island real quick. Yeah, well, and then of course it devolved from there to I wonder where the closest water burger is, and the closest water burger is only five and a half hours away. So, Cody, if you want to come all the way out to North Carolina so we can drive five and a half hours to go get a water burger, we can definitely do that. Mm. I made sure to get real drunk I'll in Tucson when I went to water burger. Oh yeah. So what did you get? What, what did you did you end up the, getting the, the double water burger with double double and burger bacon? with the uh, chilies on it? Man. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, they had the green chili burger over there. Yeah. Uh, so the green chili was discontinued in Texas in like December. Or maybe it was the jalapeno. I can't remember now, but because uh, I was pretty. That's pretty. That's hammered. your second. That's only your second water burger. Was it still as good as the first one? <laughs> I'd argue it's a little bit better because. The first time I had it, I was pretty shit faced. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't know that there was a selfie of the three of us until I saw it pop up. There's somewhere. like, there's like four selfies of us. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Good. I didn't, I didn't even know this yeah. existed. Was this yeah, well, before and, and or and after we even... did the Highwaymen? Oh, oh god, it was somewhere in between. Well, there's no it was like somewhere in between of any of that. You know what we have to do when I come uh, to to Texas and june or july yeah we'll go to the office lounge on a wednesday friday or wednesday friday or say wednesday thursday or saturday night is karaoke we have to figure out another highwayman song because we can also do that one to start the night but i would like to find another one to close the night i say this Um, time we do uh the highway women song well it's the high women yeah high women women. that's right yeah right because it's the highway men the high women yeah they did a really good job with that one i I was very proud of them for the high women it's a good one Real good. We'll just we'll just do oh, fa- we'll do uh, falsettos. Mm-hmm. So I have to say, like I've I've really enjoyed this episode. Uh, this was fun. I didn't know a lot about it, and I actually this is kind of why I wanted Aaron to proctor this one is because I actually really learned a lot about some some different layers of stuff. Like I, I kind of have the general idea of what oil company I'm fighting for. Um, but like the intricacies of the different levels, um, even just some, some basic geography and why, like why all this shit is happening. Um, yeah, Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Uh, enjoyed the shit out of it. My pleasure. 
Um, wish we could do better as a country. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do we need to mention? Oh, uh, okay. So, oh, Cody, have you, uh, Cody, have you gotten your two thousand dollar electric bill yet? Not yet. I'm. I don't know. I guess I probably won't get that until April or some shit. Or well, Aaron's making March. a face. Aaron, you have you have seen these stories, right? Of people getting like two, three, four thousand dollar electric bills from uh, their service providers in Texas because of the outage. Huh. Oh yeah, this is what happens when you form your own power grid and refuse to let the states help. It's super dumb. So, so people I've, are legitimately. There was a lady up in Dallas who got like a nine thousand dollar bill and sued for something like. I think she sued on the level of a couple million um, under some non-compete laws and some monopoly laws. Yeah, I feel like the governor is gonna have to fucking step in and be like, "Um, we're gonna eat." Can we say costs. the governor is gonna roll in? Well, yeah, he's gonna have to roll up in there <laughs> and uh, not put his foot down because he's not capable of that. <laughs> he can't stand. He just doesn't. It, it's like he's F, he's FDR. Like he can stand at some points. Oh, this whole time I thought he was just like confined to the chair. No, he can stand at some points. It's just very weak. He is weak. I could outrun him. Uh, I already have man. I so. I don't. I hardly ever post on Facebook, but I already when I I post every year for Texas Independence Day, the fall of the Alamo, and opening day, um, and I already have my Texas Independence Day post, and it has to do with Colonel William Travis, mm-hmm. a line in the sand, mm-hmm. and two people who would have left the Alamo when Texans were in need. Okay, this is going to be good. Um, can't wait. This is going to be good. Uh, make sure it's public so I can share it. Oh, it's it's always public. That post is always public. But yeah, and so... Then, uh, oh, and then other good news. We just finished. Aaron, who did you watch today? I saw your post. Who were you watching today? Oh, Yankees um, and uh, Toronto. I watched uh, the Angels and Tam- uh, Angels and San Francisco. I didn't know they started playing this early. I thought it was just going to be like practice for another week. Nope, spring training, baby. Were you watching? Were you uh, were you at the hot dog place or were you using my MLB account? Nope, I was at uh, Dawson's. It's right next to the Mule Tavern, right over here on South Tacoma Way. Um, Corn beef hash. Okay. Bloody Mary. Rock and roll. I was rock and I roll. was day drunk by two o'clock. So you and I definitely don't share the same MLB.tv account because that's illegal because it's only meant for one person. Um, and when you don't use it again, there are certain games that are audio only and certain games that actually show video. So you just scroll through and find, don't use my account and definitely don't find games that are, um, video. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, spring training people, uh, opening day is. Wouldn't matter if I had my own anyway, because it's blackout here. I can't watch the Mariners. Or any uh, you Texas game. Uh, you can in spring training. Oh, well, um, I will that? have to look at reactivating my own account. Yeah, probably. Yeah. April 1st. Uh, April 1st is opening day. Cody, April 17th. Listos? Yeah, so we're going to. Soccer's coming to Austin. However, it's not coming to the stadium until I think May. It's not quite Doesn't, done yet, but we're getting there. Doesn't matter. Austin FC, April 17th. We're fucking ready, yeah. This is the first professional sport to be played in Austin. It's going to be huge. And it's even Most better baby. that it's footy. With a shiner beer. Oh, yeah. I got, I got like two of those sitting around here. 
Dope. Uh, Cody, why don't you hit us with some socials, and we will let our listeners um, deviate from listening to us. Get back to their normal day. Yeah, so feel yeah. free to uh, keep on twitching with our buddy, the Fallen Deity. Uh, we, we, we post him quite a bit, so you can find him on our socials. And those socials would be Instagram, and that is Drunk Week in Review now on Insta, on Facebook. Maybe Facebook, I've, we're still pretty little loggers. Still pretty little loggers there. I'll change that. Uh, and then we are still, we are pretty, do we have our own Twitter on that? Or are we still pretty loggers we are, on we, We're still pretty loggers on Twitter. Uh, I'll let Aaron deal with that. If he can get DWIR, that would be dope. Oh, uh, yeah. And then uh, feel free to email us. Feel free to slide into our DMs, but nothing sexy. We don't like that. And, um, you know, be best. And uh, good night, and we love you. <laughs> <laughs>